Before we start today's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to Zencaster, which is a podcaster's best friend. Trust me when I tell you this, Zencaster is like the Shopify for podcasters. It's all you need to get up and running as a podcaster. And the best thing about Zencaster is that you get so much stuff for free. If you are planning to check out the platform, then please show your support for the Founder Thesis podcast by using this link, zen.ai slash Founder Thesis. That's zen.ai slash Founder Thesis. Hi, I'm Sandeep, co-founder at Deserve. Ek minute, stop. Ready, let's go. Let's do this. This could be a great intro. Hi, I'm Akshay. Hi, this is Saurabh and you are listening to the Founder Thesis Podcast. We meet some of the most celebrated startup founders in the country. And we want to learn how to build a unicorn. While we already have a couple of unicorns like Zerodha, Grow and Upstocks from the investment space, there's still a massive opportunity for multiple unicorns to be built in the space. Here's a data point to convince you. In the US, the total value of mutual fund investments is equal to 110% of the GDP. In India, that number is just 15%. And not only that, but the large number of middle-income Indian households that will be created in the next decade will lead to a total of $4 trillion in the new household investment. A company that captures even 1% of this market will have an opportunity to drive investments worth $40 billion. Now that the long-term story is there, let's zoom into one of the possible next-generation unicorns in this space. Deserve, that's spelled D-E-Z-E-R-V. Deserve is a technology-driven personal wealth management platform that unlocks access to wealth management expertise previously only available to HNIs. Sandeep Jaitfani, the co-founder of Deserve, spent a decade and a half building large traditional businesses in the wealth management space before finally deciding to take the plunge to build Deserve right in the middle of the pandemic. Listen on as he tells Akshay Dutt about the fascinating journey of building what we hope will be the next big fintech unicorn from India. I went to this college called and I studied ComTech. Really enjoyed coding, but I always more passionate about interacting with people, dealing with uh, others, etc. So for me, like the natural extension after that was to give the cat and go to uh, one of the IIMs. And as it happened, I had both in Bangalore, but I chose Bangalore because I just found the vibe better. In 2005, which is when I was graduating, there was this concept of wealth management wasn't so hot. Uh, it, if you put... Uh, if you put things in context, 1992 was just 13 years ago, which is when the scam had happened. And 2001, 2002, when the Ketan Parikh issue had happened in India, that was extremely recent. So in a sense, it was not a very respectable profession to get into, which is like, stocks that was not, I mean, never like, no parent would proudly tell their family members that my son is a stockbroker or an investment manager. Right. So I think, but having said that, I said, Ki, let's try this. And I was extremely fortunate in that, that when I joined Wealth Management 2005, 2005 to 2007, the, very similar to today, money was literally being printed in the markets. Like everything that you would touch would go up. In end of 2007, along with five or six other folks, we got this opportunity to set up a wealth management business at India Infoline, which is now called IFL. And this was actually a completely independent business with a significant ownership from IIFL. Um, so that became like the next step, which is when a few of us quit. And as an early stage startup at that time, from like somebody who's been an employee from day minus 90, it was like you would get involved into. So I was, I for a, a bit, I was on the investing side. Then I moved to setting up a large part of the Western region practice. Then I moved on to set up and run IFL1. So there was this whole experience of starting up multiple times within an organization. And that was again very exciting because the whole, like, I and you're also an entrepreneur, Akshay, so you know this, but the whole thrill is in the concept to the delivery, like that journey, like what in your head an idea to becoming a reality that is like most exhilarating feeling that you can get that saw that multiple times within within ifl wealth 2019 was when we decided that 
there were a couple of big changes that are happening in the world, especially on how users are adopting technology. The fact that people no longer need to pe- meet people for otherwise mundane activities was a big thing. Now, if you think about the wealth management business, Sakshay, it's uh, a large part of the revenue, 60 to 70% of revenue is the cost of the people who are delivering advice or engagement to the user. And there's a reason for that. So there's a cost of the, the, the wealth managers typically a very high cost resource because it's a uh, relatively talented combination of both financial acumen and personal skills, etc. So this unique combination is relatively rare, which is why these folks were paid really well. Because they were paid well, they had that that money had to be recovered in some sense from somewhere, which is the client's uh, portfolio. Now, therefore, the client's portfolio had to be of a certain scale to be able to you know afford that service. And how how is wealth management monetized? Uh, is it like uh, a flat fees percentage, or is it like on a per transaction, or what is it like? Multiple different ways actually. So there are there are people who make money from commissions. There are people who make money from fees. There are people who make money from profit share. There are many many ways of uh, wealth management. But in in sum and substance of it is that the cost of service is high and therefore the service is limited to people of a certain AUM or assets under management. And the only way to break out of this and this like restricted, like almost club-like thing was to use technology to deliver the same thing to many people. Okay. In 2019, we were seeing early signs of that. We were seeing that there is a and that time it wasn't such a big thing, but there was a company called Zoom, which was talk to people and we were like, oh, this is interesting. Like this will be something powerful. And then Microsoft was embedded teams at that time, etc. So all of this was going on. We were in February of 2020 when we were like, okay, now let's do it. And bang, COVID hits at that time. You know, February, March, the whole world tosses up. And we, we think that we owe a responsibility to our clients at IFL. Let's knock her down. Let's spend two months and see, see this issue through. And then we will do this. Because again, that same thing, like you manage money for these people for the last 14, 15 years, you feel like this is not a great time to leave them in the lurch like that. Yeah, they would anyway be panicking. Uh, so much uncertainty. Hmm. Now, what we did not realize is this was not a two-month thing. We March 2020, we said, let's hold it. Let's revisit it in April. But suddenly, before you knew it, we were in uh, September, October of 2020. That is when we said, oh, now this is it. Like, uh, And things had seemed to have passed at that time. First wave was over. Things were getting better. We said, now is the time to uh, do it. So that's when we told affirmatively that we will exit. Because of the fact that we were in senior positions. I was on the board of a couple of their companies. We said 31st March will be when we will uh, exit. And that's essentially how how this happened so uh, you had a model in mind that you will do like a like a betterment kind of approach or like like what was the model you had in mind when you quit so to be really honest akshay as much as i'd like to say that i had a model i didn't it was the fact that the core idea was that in india high quality wealth management advice or money management advice is not available and there are two two sets of people in the in the world uh, in india also one is what i call the active minority which are people who enjoy the complexity of investing for them the process is as exciting as the outcome right one research stocks mutual funds etc enjoy that then there's this whole silent majority which were people who couldn't wrap their head around this or didn't have the time or the inclination and in some sense i was also one among them right i would love it somebody else handles it for me i don't want to look at it for these guys there was a massive dearth of access the the only option for them was a mutual fund basically the only option was a mutual fund and they would ad hoc select mutual funds so one of the biggest searches on google is best mutual funds okay i mean to ask google for investment advice is like that was truly what was uh, happening and now what that meant was either people would invest badly or they would not invest at all 
then either of those two situations akshay you are ending up with a sub optimal outcome and i genuinely believe that if your money do, if your money does well for yourself you have many more choices in life okay and you're happier in life right so money doesn't buy happiness money buys choices which buy happiness right i think that so somewhere there was a feeling that maybe if not everyone is benefiting like the wealthy are getting wealthier but people who have some money could potentially do much better and then the long term like think about india as a country will do better if everyone does better with their money right so uh, that was the core concept that we have to bring access now how what form what is the end product going to be all of that was quite vague to be honest and that's what i was telling you right that's the exciting part like that a vague concept to a business like is is the magic of uh, entrepreneurship so yeah so that was we didn't have an we didn't have a model in mind we just said that this is a group of people that we want to work for which are people who are salaried individuals who are working very hard in their day jobs but um, they don't have the right offering before them and we have to deliver it digitally because to deliver it using human beings who are visiting the user is not viable so the two things were this that this is the group that we'll go after or service and this is we'll use tech for that so uh, why can't mutual funds solve this problem does active wealth management give a better uh, rate of return than a mutual than passively just putting money in a, through a sip into a mutual fund yeah see the big thing is uh, akshay is that every user is different there's this uh, amazing writer he's now an author called morgan housel and he says personal finance is 90% personal and 10% finance right now what what happens is that your risk appetite and my risk appetite is different your life story and my life story are different my, your expectations or objectives in life are mine are different okay so how can our portfolio be common right and therefore how much of uh, let's say equity uh, or debt or gold you will have in your portfolio versus what i will have in my portfolio is very different and that is what really a wealth manager needs to do is to figure out the appropriate combination and then mutual funds or index funds or stocks or bonds are basically me- means to achieve that but what is the right combination for you like i mean theoretically if both you and i have fever we could google online and take the same medicine but that's not what happens there are like so i think that's pretty much why you need uh, somebody to from moving from a one size fits all solution which is what a mutual fund is in to a bespoke customized built for you portfolio yeah absolutely on also the other thing is that today there are 8000 mutual fund schemes options and plans right uh, how does an individual investor who is probably in a day job somewhere else supposed to do this like how do you ensure that you're not missing out on the right opportunities etc so like when we started uh, our careers large cap mutual funds used to be the thing to do today that's completely changed you're doing index funds right so change change will continue happening like when we started the kind of portfolio when we started deserve which is about we launched the product about 8 weeks ago the the portfolio construction to what it is now has also got altered slightly we've cut down risk in the portfolio because we believe that there is a little bit of risk build up that has happened in the markets now that bit of like uh, adjustment etc is important and the reason we do that is because when thing markets do fall and the portfolio falls more than what you can tolerate that is when you break out of your investment journey you break compound so for us the biggest thing is that how do we ensure that our users don't break the compound like their portfolio grows continuously like diversification essentially yeah diversification in a way that it is suitable to that particular individual so uh, tell me about that launch journey from 
quitting the job to like you launched it two months back. So, so uh, you know, what was happening behind the scenes in these six, eight months when you were building? The interesting thing was happening, you know, as like I said, the, for me, the biggest thing is building a right team and getting a set of people and then seeing them grow. But when we started recruiting, I was out of IFL in April. Again, April, May, June was the second wave that hit. And you know, when you're hiring for a startup, and again, you know this, is you'd like to build a personal rapport with uh, the person you're hiring because at the end of the day, it's, if not, it's a founding team and you're, it's also that you're hiring for the attitude. It's not only hiring for skills. Right. And if you're hiring for attitude, how do you hire for attitude without meeting that person? This is massive, very hard. Like uh, in, a, in a normal situation, I would spend like eight, nine hours just talking to that person over a couple of meetings, over coffee, beer, etc. And then figure out ki whether we want to work together. It's almost like the courtship and dating. But suddenly that opportunity was not there. So uh, that was the first challenge that we had to navigate which is uh, which is talk to people without meeting them and uh, but again i was extremely fortunate because what happened was that people relate with the problem that we are trying to solve that the fact that high quality advice is not available to people who don't want to manage money themselves in fact the exciting thing was that a lot of the potential team members that i was talking to were also people who felt this problem immediately. They were like, yeah, you know, this is my problem. Like, you know, everyone, like everyone is telling me that go buy mutual funds, SIP, karlo, ye karlo. but I'm like not able to figure out ki se shuru karo, what should I do, etc. That became like strong. I mean, it aided our ability to hire high quality talent. And uh, the second thing, second advantage we had was people wanted to work with experienced founders. Like that is something definitely that played into our strength. We had uh, run businesses before, not as entrepreneurs, but as intrapreneurs, if you will. And that really uh, made it much easier. So the first couple of months was getting the team together. But before you started getting the team together, you must have firmed up on the the product vision, right? The, the product that you want to build. What was that? Because when you quit, you you were pretty like pretty open about what it is exactly. I mean, you knew the problem, but you didn't know how you'll solve it. So, tell me about figuring out how you'll solve. So it was uh, both happening in parallel to some extent. <clears throat> so on the problem side, we said that what is the biggest issue somebody who is not excited about investing facing is the number of choices that they have. Today, as you go and create a portfolio, first you have to decide how much to put in equity, debt, international equity, gold, REITs, Bitcoin, etc. Well, that is the first problem that you have. Secondly, once you've decided that, okay, equity, I want to put 20% of my money in equity. Up now, what? then there is large cap, mid cap, small cap. Within large cap, there are 40 funds that you could do. Within mid cap, there are 60 and so on and so forth. Like all of that complexity. So at the very minimum, there were 20 to 25 decisions that you would need to take to create a diversified portfolio. We said that we have to reduce this to one decision. Make it so easy and seamless that people have to take one decision. What type of portfolio do they want? The second thing we said is, we have done this for the last 15, 16 years, especially Webhav who runs investing for us. He has been like his, he lives, breathes investments, right? So he is constantly researching, analyzing, etc. So we said that expertise, which we have, how do we deliver that? So we said we will reduce the number of decisions. We will do all the heavy lifting so that our users don't have to do that heavy lifting. And uh, that is where that was the product concept that was emerging at that time, which is essentially what became the integrated portfolios, or as we call them, like the integrated portfolio approach came out of those discussions. So the what is the integrated portfolio approach like? Yeah, so the there are a couple of things there. One is that we believe that for a long term compounding portfolio, it has to be diversified across uh, different assets. That's number one. Secondly, this asset allocation cannot be static. It has to evolve and change. Uh, over a period of time. Third is we have to apply a lot of diligence and science to the underlying instruments that you choose in the portfolio. 
and fourth is that the overall cost of the portfolio has to be kept down if we are able to do these then we create these portfolios which minimize risk and by the way for us minimizing risk is as important as the second objective which is increasing return uh, so while return is what we see risk is what we feel right so so i think that was something that we said will be the two objectives with these four as inputs that low cost structured investment selection evolving asset allocation and the fact that it diversified what what contributes to cost like you said you want to keep the cost low cost is what like the the brokerage fees which is paid out when or like what do you mean by keeping cost low so there are multiple things so there's transaction costs then there are the fund managers so suppose if i'm allocating money to mutual funds then there is a cost of the fund management side also or the asset management fees so so the, how do you minimize the total cost was important for these type of portfolios then we said that depending on the user's risk profile we'll create a dynamic portfolio for them okay so here is where we use some quantitative models to create these portfolios and then there is a human expert intervention required in selection of instruments because interest still not reach that phase where everything can be done digitally or selection because there's a lot of software like you have to figure out which fund manager what is his or her previous track record uh are they likely to continue with the fund house or not or are they getting jobs etc so all of those things uh, became that's where the human element comes in how many such portfolio types did you create like what was the logic behind making these portfolio options and how many options theoretically it is infinite because it depends on the user's risk profile now uh, we do however see users uh, over time gravitate to 7 to 8 different risk profiles but theoretically depending on how the users answer the questions or interact with us we can create infinitely large number of integrated portfolios what are the data points you are taking to arrive at the 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 risk profile of the user so again that was where we were we were slightly innovative we said that the users age is obviously important but also their investing experience like how long have they been so because what is happening is somebody who's been investing for the last 2 3 years will have only seen upside right so even if they tell me that i can handle a very large dip they have not experienced it so the users investing history how long have they been investing what type of instruments have they been investing also tells us that how how sophisticated or how tolerant of volatility they are we also can understand how much volatility they can tolerate like they handle a 10% fall in the portfolio can they handle a 20% fall in fall in the portfolio and all of that so those were things that we were looking at and obviously your goals in life and what you're saving up for but i think a lot of our work is premised on how much downside a user can if you like to hear stories of founders then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion dollar businesses just search for the founder thesis podcast on any audio streaming app like spotify gana apple podcasts and subscribe to the show how much downside and possibly when they want to take out that money like if someone is a 55 then then you know in 5 years he will so that was one part the second part is which is only we can discover over time is how the user behaves once they come onto the platform are they act, like do they come back repeatedly do they come back on days when markets are down do they come reinvest on days when markets are down so that tells us more but that is we will build over a period of time with the user uh, but we have created the systems to be able to capture this information even at the very early stage is it not passive investing like wh- why would users come back again and again isn't it like you like just give your money to deserve and forget about it you forget about it but when every month you come back to top up the portfolio right depending on like you got some more surplus cash people come back the second uh, reason people come back is uh, when markets are being volatile to see how their portfolio is doing right so that is again an indicator for us on how users behave with their money like can users do stuff on their own like in terms of let's say today equity is dropping so can a user log in and say sell off my equity portfolio or is it uh, managed by deserve 
it's managed by Deserve. In fact, that's where we're different than the other WellTech platforms. In the other WellTech platforms, you are expected to manage it on your own. Here, we are, we don't actually, and it can be frustrating for some users, but uh, we don't actually allow for that because uh, we own performance, right? Right, uh, right. The, the only decision for a user is, do I put in more money or do I take out money? That's it, right? Yeah, the money is like fully liquid. They can take out money, uh, come in anytime, go out anytime. But uh, while the time that they are with us, we will help them with their portfolio. So you said that users are gravitating towards seven, eight type of profiles. Is it possible to describe those profiles, like what they are? Yeah, so I think it again depends on uh, the kind of risk that they can tolerate. There are users who don't want to handle any risk at all. Like for them, this money is probably something for emergency, something that they need in very near term, etc. And for on the other extreme, there are users who are saying that I don't need this money for 10-15 years uh, and I can tolerate uh, volatility. So this is the entire spectrum of people that uh, that who are there. And within that, then there are like certain mini groups which form over a period of time. So there are people who like maybe can handle a 10% volatility, people who can handle a 15% volatility and so on. So those are the seven to eight types that come up. Hmm, got it. Okay. So what was the product that you launched? Like, what, what does it look like? What is the experience of a user like on it? Like, So, you know, the first thing we said was that uh, we will offer these integrated portfolios. And the moment the user invests into the integrated portfolio, they get access to a bunch of alternative investments, which is like three or four well-curated instruments, which are just beyond the integrated portfolio you want to... Like, and especially for users who have a particular objective or want to express a belief. Like a lot of our users want to support startups, right? So for a certain part of their money, they will put there. But we said that in these alternative deals that we do, we will originate the deal. We will do the diligence. So we are not a supermarket where you see everything. You only see those where Deserve's team has done the work and we say that we are comfortable with it. Okay, And the third thing we said is we will cut down the ticket size because in alternatives as an asset class, the ticket sizes were 50 lakhs, 1 crore, 2 crore per deal. How do we bring them down to 50,000? And that requires us to work a lot with the person who's issuing that instrument, which is what we will do. So that was the alternative side. So the users come in, invest in the integrated portfolio, get access to alternatives. Well, give me examples of alternative investments. Like what are they? So we have done uh, high yielding fixed income where bonds which are giving 10 to 11%. But again, we are comfortable with the credit risk. We have done uh, global assets. We have given access to Indians to fund managers, which Indians do not have access to right now. We have given, we have done uh, a bunch of pre-IPO transactions uh, again very selective on that side because the IPO by its very nature is uh, illiquid, it's locked in and therefore you have to be very sure that you'll do well with it. So those are the... But pre-IPO means that it's just a matter of like a month or two before it becomes liquid. No, it takes about 6 to 12 months for the company to list. And then you... So which is why it's a long holding period. And what we do is we do tell the user, sometimes we tell the user this is not suitable for them. And that is the responsibility, the fiduciary responsibility that a wealth manager should have is to tell the user that yeah, it seems exciting, but this is not right for you uh, or this is too risky for you. Obviously, the user then finally can pull the trigger if they want to, but the power is in their hand. So this pre-IPO investing is what you're talking about when you say investing in startups. So, uh, so that was... Uh, this whole integrated portfolio almost but we do make everyone do the integrated portfolio right because that is the core part that you have to begin with it's all good to do all this exciting stuff but the first thing that a user must do is the integrated portfolio which is the starting point of their investing journey with us so uh, this was happening but then we realized that you know we should also offer the user the comfort of reaching out to somebody in case they have a query have an issue etc and we created this group of member partners, which are these folks who are digitally via the platform uh, and integrated with WhatsApp are available to the uh, user. This, what we did not realize. Well, why, why are you calling them member partner? Are, these are your employees or? These are our employees. So they are our, so a, 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 a user on the deserve platform becomes a member of the deserve community. So that's, and therefore these are partners. Of. So, so what we realized was this became like 
a very big thing like especially in the initial days of product the users started telling their member partner that this word i did not understand or this this was not clear to me and that became like an instant feedback loop for our team right every night uh, the member partners list down the typical questions that they got and they tell us within like 3 4 days the product changes to address that issue and which is why today our onboarding is very because uh, of the fact that these member partners collected feedback live feedback from the users right and users also loved it because this was exactly the right amount of human interaction that they wanted they wanted to do it on their own but if there's a problem they want to be able to talk to somebody who's sophisticated etc so that really uh, worked for us uh, and the only thing we said is that because we want to deliver this high quality experience we will keep the platform invite only uh, which is that people apply for an invite and we release access in in sort of cohorts or waves and that enables us to ensure that every member has a good onboarding experience we have some capability to work with them etc Mm-hmm. Because it's not pure self-service, so you need enough uh, manpower to manage that onboarding. Uh, yeah, you need uh, manpower, and what happens is that suppose I release invite to say fifty people on that particular day, thirty-five, forty will reach out to us. Now I don't want a situation where we don't respond to them, right? I mean that's not acceptable. And maybe coming from wealth management, I have that bias that we should be instantly accessible to our user. So that was where uh, we said we'll keep it invite only. Hmm. What is the user onboarding journey like? You release invite, then what happens? Like a, an email goes to. Yeah, the email goes, and now we are integrating with WhatsApp. So users will start getting WhatsApp messages as opposed to email. Once they click that they want to get started, we offer them an option of a direct onboarding, which is they can go directly, or they can also do a twenty-minute Zoom call with their member partner. right in case they want to understand more and some of our users do take up on the call also and we actually we would love more users to do the call with us because and we are learning about them right so it's a two way thing right when i talk to a user uh, and a bunch of these calls especially on weekends the three of us founders do the calls because we also want to meet our members and figure out like what how are they thinking about their money about deserve etc so that's that is the call that happens post the call uh, or, or after the direct onboarding we release a recommendation to the member uh, of integrated portfolio that we think is suitable for them they can either do that integrated portfolio or they can step away and do another one of our integrated portfolios but they cannot keep the underlying portfolio because that is it's created in a certain way for a certain reason and so on so uh, one question so uh, you said that there are like infinite integrated portfolio so theoretically yes but right now there are like uh, a limited number but yeah theoretically it can be infinite okay right now you have like some 8 or 10 or some some x number of uh, and how do you label these like how does a user understand who is this portfolio for like we tell them that this is the right risk profile for you and then there are certain integrated portfolios which are riskier for you or uh, certain integrated portfolios which are more conservative for you so they can see that spectrum and they can flip around within the spectrum but but how are these labeled are they just labeled with a number like 7 on 10 yes yeah because you know it's easier for people to understand numbers uh, we initially experimented with 7 to 8 names okay and then we realize that we are creating more effort for the user yeah because he doesn't know what the name implies what the name is and everyone's perception of let's say if i say this is a cautious portfolio and this is a confident portfolio like how do you like so uh, it's very complex so we said we'll make it uh, numeric and users immediately and again this was feedback that came from users so uh, you invest in the integrated portfolio you become a member and then you get access to these uh, alternatives and uh, do you how do you monetize like do you have a membership fees that you charge or is it a uh, commission on or, or what is it like yeah so we'll experiment with both models uh, akshay one is the fee based model and the commission based uh, model but in even in the commission based model what we are doing is we are telling the user how much commission we are making from their portfolio every month and by the way that is that doesn't happen in the conventional wealth management of banking industry 
like you ask a banker to tell you how much money did they make from your portfolio this month either they will not have the data or they may not be able to share it with you so that is something and that in fact has been a big aha moment for a lot of our users when we tell them that from you've invested 1 lakh with me i will make 35 rupees in this month from your portfolio the co- common feedback that we get from users is like why only 30 like how how is it like but but that's what it is right it is in the range of 30 to 50 rupees uh, per month per lakh this earning per month would only be there if it's like mutual fund and these kind of invest if it's stock market where you invest one time and hold then there is no monthly amount that you will make on it right there is no monthly amount but you know today where we are in the markets uh, we are not comfortable taking a concentrated position markets are not cheap definitely so this is not the time to create concentrated portfolios and the second thing is we are not offering what do you mean by concentrated portfolio sorry I, I, you know i want to just demystify these jargons here typically when you invest in a 15 to 20 stock portfolio your portfolio performance is dependent on those 15 to 20 stocks whereas if i'm investing in index funds and mutual funds my portfolio is underlying is 50 to 100 stocks right so there is diversification now in when markets are moving up having 15 to 20 stocks is all good uh, but if markets move down these portfolios can fall very sharply right and because if one or two stocks do badly your portfolio will do badly and current markets we think that it is better to be more cautious while continuing to get benefit of equity upside there is no no reason to be very crazy about it so currently you are not recommending direct equity investment but rather mutual fund yeah for our investors uh, the second thing we said we will not do trading portfolios we are not running a trading portfolio i in fact i wrote about uh, this uh, recently where the there is a there's a thrill of the chase right which is what happens when it comes with trading like you you almost feel like and i like it to like pre prehistoric hunting like you know releases these dopamine and adrenaline in our body when we are going hunting okay today we don't go hunting the only other way is gambling mobile gaming or investing you know, right and, uh, that that the hunt itself is like the gives you a thrill so so you know selecting instruments is the same thing as the search that you do you know throwing the spear is the call that you make to buy or sell and when this thing works out you feel the same high as you would hear feel when you actually shot down the but actually in real life the it doesn't mean that you'll always shoot something down okay you might actually lose money also uh, and that is something that we definitely want to avoid we are not doing equity trading portfolios uh, we strongly believe in that actually and even if it means uh, a particular type of users not coming to us Uh, so be it. We'll educate them, but we will not do something just to get traction. So, so which is why we have not done direct stock investing just yet. And uh, so, once a user selects his portfolio, then they did they do like a bank transfer or UPI? What like the, uh, all these options? Yeah. So they select the portfolio. We use the BSE Star platform at the back end, so the money goes directly to BSE Star. What is BSE Star? Uh, it's like. It's a division of the Bombay Stock Exchange for on the mutual fund side, but the money directly goes from the user's bank account to the account and from there on to the fund house. So it never really sits with reserve, which is the other thing, right? Uh, sometimes money sits with the broker or the banker, and that's how sometimes brokers and bankers, especially bankers, make money from that. Uh, but in our case, it goes directly, so there is no. this and there is, therefore also there's no risk to the user from a potential issue or deserve in the future if any hmm. so like uh, on bsc star then you are registered as the broker therefore you get that that commission on the mutual fund uh, investment done that's right if you are doing that then that's how we make it there's the other alternative which is we charge advisory fees and not earn commissions and like i said we'll experiment with both models but our users were more particular about transparency i think than about how we right but currently it's uh, the commission led model right yeah 
and besides mutual funds what other asset classes are you currently doing like so we have done some of these alternative deals like i said we have done and in these to be honest we have not been so sort of focused on how we make money at this stage it's more about delivering access and uh, we'll discover monetization over a period hmm. of time what about crypto is is that an asset class that you so uh, you know it's something that obviously the team is uh, very excited about they are tracking closely and they work uh, creating a mental model around that but we will only do it after indian regulators bless it that is something that is very important uh, for us because i think certain amount of regulatory frameworks do need to come into place before users can put meaningful money on that side and i i mean it's early days hopefully the regulators will uh, co- make a framework to co- cover these but till the time because you know unless that happens the custody of the assets the cost right so for example look at uh, mutual funds and stocks and etc highly regulated as you know exactly how much money your distributor is making etc i think that level of transparency needs to come in on this side be- before it becomes a uh, asset class that we can you know thump the table and recommend to our users how would you uh, suppose you know in a couple of months the crypto regulations come in and but how would you actually do that because say you can access equity through mutual funds and which makes your life easier but if you had to do crypto then would you maintain it on your own wallet and that you know safe keeping of that and or or would you look for a mutual fund like instrument on the on crypto space which gives a diversified exposure to like a number of exactly so i we would go for a managed crypto solution which is where an expert is managing the allocation across different currencies uh, as opposed to telling the user to do this particular currency or that one are there any such instruments existing today like a managed crypto like a mutual fund equivalent in crypto space i think globally they are so which is why if we do it it will be a part of our global asset platform globally we are beginning to see some of those okay so your global asset platform like how, how do you make that happen like you're saying that someone could invest in tesla or apple stocks how do you make that happen like no so we are not doing that actually what we are doing is we are identifying high quality fund managers which manage money for typically large institutions like 70 to 80 billion dollars etc now most of their funds are accessible to people who will put in 1 million dollars per investment what we are trying to do is to get them down to ticket sizes of 500 to 1000 dollars and then make them available now the reason we do we are going with fund managers as opposed to recommending individual stocks is that it's all very good to recommend individual stocks when markets are going up uh but you do need and secondly you know what we end up seeing is def, uh, that users end up buying stocks that they know about hmm. yeah apple tesla <laughs> yeah yeah apple tesla etc there is a whole spectrum of like industries and businesses which you don't hear about let's say the semiconductor businesses some of those are doing really well etc why would you not so just because they are not consumer businesses doesn't mean that they are not good right so leave it to a high quality fund manager we work with uh, with them to get access to the institutional share class where the cost is very low we get them access at lower ticket sizes and we do a lot of work like even in the couple of fund managers that we have chosen we have done at least like 12 to 13 meetings on record with each one of them and taken notes like we have spoken to the fund manager the research team at the back end we have taken couple of their examples of stocks they've chosen understood how they chose that particular stock mainly with a view to try and understand how they think about it so that diligence goes in before we recommend that particular fund manager and that fund manager could be investing on any asset class across the world or or like they would be investing in us assets or like what like there are two no so global uh, stocks so, uh, so they are not only uh, us but also we have uh, one fund manager which we are onboarding who will have uh, multiple different asset classes so like equity fixed income gold Japanese tre- treasury us treasury etc depending on like whatever okay so you said one of your core principles was a continuous uh, evolution and you know like in a way balancing the portfolio how do you do that then like like you have the mandate to change to sell 
no we will have to go back to the user to for consent so we'll have we nudge the user for consent to rebalance uh user can again choose to ignore our recommendation and the old portfolio will continue but ideally we would want the user to approve the recommendation the second thing is that this is a tax optimized in the sense that we checked what is the tax impact of the rebalance and is the tax impact nullifying the potential gain that you could get only then the system triggers the rebalance for that particular use so you and i can come into the same portfolio but let's say you came in before me uh, now because you came in before me your instrument is all, all, already long term or uh, for tax purposes whereas mine is short term so my rebalancing will get triggered maybe two months down the line whereas your rebalancing will be triggered immediately uh, isn't this a little bit of a friction like does is it like a single click for a user or what, what does he need to do yeah, it is a single click approval but it is a bit of a friction because that is what there are two things right one is it's important that the user knows that we are doing it and secondly that's also the requirement from a regulatory perspective but we will do our education from our side so one thing which we do is on a monthly basis we are sending video updates to the users on their portfolios so expert talks about the portfolios what is happening in the markets and in their portfolio and what changes are we likely to do so these are like uh, 90 minute to 2 minute 90 second to 2 minute videos that the users see and that enables them to understand a little bit better so our thing is that we will ma- we will help manage their portfolio but they will be fully updated on on at all points of time so uh, do you think you would want to be in a space where you are not even sending these nudges and you are just like invest and forget option for a user like where you only do the rebalancing is, is that do you think there is value in, in in creating a product like that or it's better like this where the user is no so to be honest like in the future we would definitely do something around that in terms of uh, how we can bother the user lesser but i think one core principle again will be that we will continue to keep them updated like they should know what's happening unlike a black box where the user doesn't know underlying what is going on we will never take that approach like we do want the user it's important right your confidence also builds better if you know what's going on like there are again you know there are if you see doctors and i give that analogy there are two types of doctors right one is somebody who will give you the medicine and tell you that okay now you can leave there is another type of doctor which are the, which you really like is people who tell you ki this is what is happening this is what i'm giving you and this is how it will help you and then you you feel so much better about uh, yourself so i think that's the approach that we will take we will hyper communicate if i already have investments uh, is it possible to migrate them onto deserve so that i don't have to go to multiple platforms and look at what my investment is doing so you know we'll we'll bring that feature there's already i mean in piloting already the only thing is the friction is very high right now like in doing that like the user has to do a work migrated etc which is what we want to solve for before we launch it like you know all good intentions fall at the altar of execution right because if uh, and so for us making sure that the execution is seamless is just as important as what we are doing with it yeah it's definitely on the cards and very soon hopefully do you want to go down the route of being like a investment super app where users can do everything like or do you want to remain focused on only curated wealth management i feel like you know we have see there everyone has to play to their strength we believe our strength is being able to manage high performing portfolios and curation and working hard on that and i feel like we should be focused on that and not confuse the user uh and that's i think going to be important part of our uh, strategy like being focused and sometimes i know as an entrepreneur it's very hard to say no like you know that you have to say no to make sure what you're doing is really high quality so i'm okay doing less stuff but which is really high quality that's what the message to the team is also that whatever we do it should be like secure stable scalable uh, and high quality the user experience should be fantastic 
even if we are doing like four five things we'll do them really well how do you acquire users like are you like doing campaigns or you know what's your user acquisition approach so right now we've not done uh, any marketing it's all so it's all like organic all organic all through so we do a lot of educative content around how to think about money how to personal finance issues etc and the current traction that we've got so like 7 8000 signups etc is only on account of uh, that when did you open uh, registration like i'd say about 2 months little over 2 months ago okay okay so so you're getting about 4000 registrations a month organically right now yeah so i think and that is like right now it's fine because we are an invite only we are and then as we grow you know it will like figure out how to communicate uh, more but i feel like you know educative content is a very big play i think there is more work that in general like indian businesses can do around that and how have you funded uh, the business so far like so in uh, september we raised uh, our first uh, institutional round from elevation and matrix uh, um, and both have been phenomenal supporters for us in terms of even in terms of how to think about business how to hire how to grow your footprint on the talent side etc so that has been great uh, whiteboard and bloom are other two funds which are invested in uh, deserve and then alongside i i also like raised from 15 to 20 of other founders so once a user is onboarded what is the average asset under investment per user that you have like so currently the users start off with minimum amounts of 50 to 75000 are currently the average is a little over a cup a few lakhs like 2 odd lakhs uh, because we've seen a lot of users come in with 5 10 lakhs also and the second thing that we're seeing is users are coming back monthly to do top ups so close to 50 to 60% of the users without a nudge from our side are coming back uh, to add on to their portfolio what do you think could be the size of deserve you know like how big is that addressable market so to say and i mean maybe uh, there would be some comparable ratio in the us like what percentage of investment goes through managed platforms versus what percentage goes directly into mutual fund what percentage is directly into equity by users themselves like like what is the split in that and w- what do you see will happen in india like going ahead what kind of trend do you think will be yeah so actually great question so first up i think india will be different india will because the us and the developed markets have had a very different investing journey india has india has only now started investing these markets had uh, wealth managers and advisors for the longest period of time so if you look at uh, the us there are nearly 4000 advisors per million households in india in general all over the country that number is close to 250 advisors per million households and if you look at even the tier 1 cities that number is 1200 advisors per million households so there is a massive gap that uh, there is in india in terms of advisors and my theory is that india will not be able to build those many number of advisors india will directly leapfrog to a tech first uh, approach so uh, that is the first part of it the second part is that if you look at the salaried uh, so they're currently close to uh, 95 million households in india which on average make more than 10000 dollars so 7 and a half lakh rupees of income that number will go to about 172 million households by about 2028 2029 so that number is almost going to double in the next 6 uh, to 7 8 years uh, which is where the big opportunities this segment of people alone will add nearly 4 trillion dollars in financial savings in the next 7 to 8 years now it remains i mean it's our job to ensure that we capture a large part of it even at like uh 1% of 4 trillion dollars is 40 billion dollars in au right so it's about like how well we are able to do obviously we believe this is a massive opportunity that is before us and in general for the investing space in india india and the one comparable number which we can look at is that india has mutual fund aums of 15% of gdp okay that data for the us is 110% of gdp now india is at a point where gdp is growing 
the 15 number is going up to 110 so i think there is a massive opportunity across the board so both in terms of uh, deepening in terms of fresh asset creation etc there are like crazy opportunities and i think there is something that i i personally feel that in asia india has the potential now to also overcome china in terms of like formalized assets because indian regulatory systems are actually top notch relative to like the our regulations are where it would be in the you whereas penetration is where probably like we are many years behind so i think that's the exciting opportunity indians when they put money into something they know that their money will not be destroyed uh, so i that's where i think the exciting is the framework is all there the india stack is there the wealth creation is happening and the financial asset formation is happening now it's about deserves opportunity to figure out how much we can capture out of it don't you think like if you want to be like a, a behemoth in investing it would be best served as part of a bigger like say a paytm or a phone pay or you know one of those household name fintech companies like because that's where the trust comes in automatically the distribution scale comes in you know obviously i think you know at the face of it it seems logical but if you think a little deeper akshay i think the question is that what does a platform stand for like how many different things like in the mind of the user as especially the market matures specialization begins to kick in and we will be specialized investment experts uh, on the platform and that is our brand positioning that is our message to the uh, users also whereas if i would tell them that on my platform you can do everything including investing that's a very different approach to go after so i think uh, obviously atm phone pay etc will scale their investing offerings for sure and they will do really well uh, but i think there is a space for a stand alone investment specialist and what we do have to work on is on the trust and frankly trust compounds over a period of time i think you can't hack trust you has to build over a period of time you have to continuously do the right stuff month on month quarter on quarter year on year and before you know it that trust becomes uh, a massive snowball so it's just about for us i think spending the next couple of years building trust growth might come before that but true trust will take couple of years and there is no shortcut to that so i think we are like here for the long haul we are sufficiently well capitalized thanks to last round so i think from that perspective we have the ability to keep going for many many years ahead okay what is your total assets under management today like we would be just touching about 200 crores uh, right now uh, it's early days uh, but i think i've been very happy with the fast scale up some of it is also because people see us as being from the industry and therefore slightly more trusted uh, we have people from the financial investing industry who are investing with us so it's it's quite interesting uh, that way but i think assets will scale month on month i think the scale is only going more because in our business the existing user tops up and the new users come in so it's not a transaction platform it's an investing platform so aums keep like growing and also assets automatically grow because markets are like moving up over a period of time what do you estimate it will be say end of next financial year your aum march 23 like a year and in rupees this would be about uh, 5000 to 7000 crores give me a context what does this number mean 5000 to 7000 crores what what are similar companies which have similar aum like see data is not available in the industry akshay that is a challenge but if you or let's say in a mutual fund perspective like say so the mutual fund industry is 3 lakh crores right now so it's a small fraction of that wealth managers like so recently anand rathi got listed it's a 30000 crores of assets etc so there are like different benchmarks that you can look at but i think it's very hard to compare because two years later the investing space will also be much bigger so i think investing space will grow like at a clip of my Here is twenty-five to thirty percent year on year because seven to eight percent will come just on account of market growth. The remaining is fifteen percent, which will come because of incremental assets coming in. So that's why I think twenty twenty to thirty percent will be like easily possible. 
If you like the Founder Thesis podcast, then do check out our other shows on subjects like marketing, technology, career advice, books, and drama. Visit the podium dot in that is t h e p o d i u m dot i n for a complete list of all our shows. Before we end the episode, I want to share a bit about my journey as a podcaster. I started podcasting in 2020 and in the last 2 years I've had the opportunity to interview more than 250 founders who are shaping India's future across sectors. If you also want to speak to the best minds in your field and build an enviable network, then you must consider becoming a podcaster. And the first step to becoming a podcaster starts with Zencaster, which takes care of all the nuts and bolts of podcasting. from remote recording to editing to distribution and finally monetization if you are planning to check out the platform then please show your support for the founder thesis podcast by using this link zen.ai/founderthesis that's zen.ai/founderthesis